Hey everyone, it's Dijon. Hope you're all doing well. I just wanted to say if you're a part of this community and you want to see it grow, please subscribe and follow this channel wherever you are listening. Give it a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and share it with the homies. Thanks. Welcome to the Souls of Society community. We're building a new world here. It's based on connection, compassion, and collaboration. Join us as we explore how to create a new earth. Enjoy the Heart Center conversation. I'm Dijon. Welcome to the tribe. Bless. Hello, Souls family. I'm here with Ahamna. And I'm first of all, I'm so excited to connect with you and to bring you on to share your soul's journey because I know a little bit about it and it's it gives me chills. So I'm excited <laughs> for everyone else to have the experience. So thank you for being here today. Yeah, thanks for inviting me and hello everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't remember how I originally got connected with you, Ahamna. It was, mm-hmm. we became Facebook friends probably just because we were running in the same circles in the California, I don't know how to describe it, just like light worker community. SoCal bubble. Yeah. <laughs> and, but we became friends. And then recently, a month to six weeks ago, I saw one of her posts. And I don't remember specifically what it was about. I just remember the way it felt and the level of clarity. Mm-hmm that I could ascertain from it. And that's a rare thing in general, but especially in this post COVID post George Floyd (laughs) world where people are posting very divisive and triggering things. And she just was coming from this place of like clarity and groundedness. So it really spoke to me. Mm. And then she was offering a program, which I am now a part of. Yeah. It's a, it's a, let me know if I'm describing it correctly, a quantum mm-hmm. biofeedback yep. machine. Yep. Mm-hmm. Could you explain a little bit what that is? Because it's pretty futuristic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So quantum biofeedback works on the biophysics level of our bodies. So that means we're working with the cells, the atoms, the energy of our body versus biochemistry, which would be pharmaceuticals. It's working with the chemistry of the body, right? So when we're working with the biophysics, we're working with our energy body. So we're working with our physical template, all of our cells, all of our atoms. Then we're also working with our entire energetic field. So we're working with our emotions, our mind. We're working with our simultaneous lifetimes, what people call past or future selves. We're working with everything that's in our energetic field as well. So that includes our ancestry, our family, our loved ones, our pets, all the things that are intertwined with us in the quantum, in the energetic field, we can access through quantum biofeedback. And basically what it does is it 
takes our sound, which is our frequency, and it reads that frequency along with our picture for our aura. And it, like the simplest way that I could say this is it looks to see if there are any stressors in our energetic fields. So a stressor could be not having enough of a certain frequency. So say we don't have enough vitamin C, right? That'd be a very basic example. Or a stressor could be having too much vitamin C. So it doesn't tell us like, oh, you don't have enough of this or too much of this. It just says this frequency is out of alignment and your body needs this frequency in order to balance and harmonize and align. Mm. So it goes throughout our entire field. And as you know, we're working with it through finances, through breaking free from like these really deep survival, primal, like barely having needs met kind of stories that are plaguing our species and plaguing the earth right now and clearing those. So we're not even working on like health, even though it does directly influence our health, how we feel financially. That being said, there's just, there's nothing off limits in the quantum fields and it works like, like a snap snap so quickly because we're, we're working at the core of everything, which is energy. Mm-hmm. And we're using the core of en- everything energy to basically become aligned, which is like this trending ideology around like living in alignment. It's like a buzzword, find your alignment. That being said, it's it's more than that. It is the fundamental mechanics of our existence is staying in alignment at an energetic level. Mm. And yeah, that's my little couple minute spiel on the quantum biofeedback. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. I love it. And now I'm remembering what that fo- first post was based on what you just said. And it was about being in your like creatorship power mm-hmm. because at this time, when everything's shut down and people can't go to work and they're having to rely on the government, uh, the fear in the root chakra is being traumatized. And I remember that you were broadcasting so strongly that we still have the power within to create the reality Mm -hmm. that we want. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a a very, very important message to Mm -hmm. be sharing with people. And you were living it so fully. I was like, okay, she's tapped in Mm -hmm. and just just one of the things that's really attractive to me is that it doesn't have to be such hard work. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like I've done and probably a lot of us have a lot of healing. It's been very trying and yeah. part of that was formative to our character. So I think it's valuable, but mm-hmm. knowing that there are ways that it can be more useful mm-hmm. and the class started last Wednesday, today is Tuesday, so it's been almost a week. Mm -hmm. And I've been listening to the frequencies every day and Mm -hmm. I definitely feel a lot of things being stimulated within my body and and, and new levels of inspiration. So, Mm -hmm. you know, thank you for offering that and being tuned in. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And I just wanted to touch base on one thing that you said right there is, you know, there is value in the hero's journey, right? That long, arduous trek that a lot of us, so many of us lightworkers have gone through. That being said, right now, we don't really have 20 more years to 
let the rest of the collective go on this long, arduous journey. I mean, just environmentally speaking, we're at our critical breaking point. Right. We need things to progress rapidly. And we have the technology to do so. So it's about time that we actually let that technology come out into the world. You know, this tech has been around for years. It's just not been in the Western world for years. And right. it's been like under the radar because, you know, people die when they bring through this technology into the world. Right. There has been an agenda to not let humanity progress. So, you know, what we're doing is an evolutionary act. And it's so important that we really like broadcast these technologies and these processes because we need rapid transformation now in the masses. I totally agree, and I thank you for the light work that you're doing to, to facilitate that. And just to be clear on what I mean when I say light worker, light worker, mm -hmm. it's not a statement, a hierarchical statement of saying, like, mm -hmm. you know, we're better than anybody else. Usually it means that we've had a deep sense of, like, not belonging or, or dis-ease in the world, and we went on our journey to figure out what that was about. And... I'm going to let her share her story in a minute here of her self-discovery process, but it's not, it's definitely not a sunshine and rainbow type of process. Mm -hmm. And really what it does is bring you to the position which she is in now, which is someone who is here for the collective to assist in this great transition. It's like we had to go through some things first in order to be able to hold space for what's happening right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd love to just add to that is I resonate with the truth that every single human being is a light worker. It's just not everyone has flipped the switch yet within right. themselves to access that drive to, you know, restore light. And light is truth, right? Light is awareness. Light is heart. So, yeah. I agree. I agree. It's the transition from looking for God to becoming God, I think. Yeah, our becoming creatorship. A, yeah, <laughs> becoming a being of love and service and expansion. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I would love for you to share, you know, your process. Going all the way back from the beginning, if you're willing to, because I, the first thing I read on your story was, the first time I was abducted, I was, and I was like, okay, <laughs> here we go. Yeah, absolutely. And I just love to preface the story with the expression that it's very tender and very vulnerable, and it's still an emotional process that I go through every time it's shared because it has been very challenging, <laughs> to say the least, and at times quite debilitating. And I think that's really important because there is some stigma, especially in some of the new age communities that like it's almost sought after this idea of like, oh yeah, I have like this like cool thing to have an implant to be abducted. And really it's not, <laughs> it's not this glorious thing that is a high achievement. It's actually a very challenging thing. And yeah, so I guess I'll just go back to to the beginning, which is, one, none of this was active in my memory. This was something I had to seek out a lot of support 
and advanced practices to recover my memories because I had no recollection of my childhood period, not even like any memories of anything happening in my experience before the age of 15. And I thought that that was problematic. And I actually went to school for criminal psychology, specifically focusing on helping victims to recover their memories. So that is my background in, in criminal psychology. And that's when my remembrance process really began was in my university studies in my early 20s. And through that journey of the memories that were resurfacing from all of these advanced practices that, you know, they're teaching people in the FBI how to do and in criminal profiling how to do, and then going into my spiritual journey that really began in 2010, working with hypnosis and working with different beings that sort of came into my life, I started to recover these memories. And really I'm just finding the and navigating the best way of like diving into the the juice of it all that being said as these memories began to be restored I will say that there was about a five-year process of actually allowing myself to accept them and going through that journey is sort of where we'll begin so we're going to go back to the moment that then took me about 20 years to really embrace so it began with my first abduction. That was a physiological abduction when I was about four years old. And this was when I was living at my mother's house. And basically the memory that I had for a very long time was watching this meteor shower in the trailer that my mother lived in, the middle of nowhere in the forests of New downstate New York. And I'm watching this meteor shower with my younger brother and sister and a babysitter. And my sister's like an infant. My younger brother's like two at the time. And I remember this massive light like coming down and the babysitter grabbing my younger sister and my brother and running. And I'm trying to run and I can't run. And that, and I just remember that moment. And after that, like everything changed. Even the dynamic between my brother and my sister and me changed after that moment. It was like everything stopped and time stopped and I disappeared to them. And what I now know happened is that I was abducted in that moment. And basically that light was a an orb technology that came in and encompassed me and one minute I was here on earth in, you know, New York. And the next minute I was absorbed in this light and then it collapsed through space and time. And the next thing I remember is that I'm on the moon and I'm at a government base and I'm being wheeled because I'm strapped down at this point And my body is basically paralyzed though. It's not a mental paralysis. It's very much like a mental manipulation that's creating a paralysis because I'm strapped down, but I remember feeling like I can't move my hands or my feet. And there's something that's running through my mental body that is actually creating this paralysis. So I'm being wheeled in and I shared in my story, the, the man was looked like a human though he 
shape-shifted for a moment and revealed his real true self, which was this like really interesting looking creature that was sort of like long praying mantis head, but it had these like spider-like legs behind it. And then shape-shifted back. And I was also like not wanting to see that. And a part of the reasons for being abducted is because I have connection to my psychic abilities. I was very plugged in as a child. I saw things all the time. I regularly had people who were crossing over spirits that would live in houses. We call them ghosts. They would come to me and I'd have these experiences. So I had a lot of extrasensory abilities that were fully intact and developed when I came here at this body. So Basically, after that, I was taken to a room where there was actually several children that were all strapped to these metal surgical-like tables, and I'm weaving in and out of consciousness, and from the journeys that I've done, the hypnosis journeys that I've done, working with some plant medicine teachers, and also I'll share a couple of the other moments that sort of helped me to accept this and really let the floodgates open of all my memories. That being said, there were other children and I'm weaving it out of consciousness because they're doing running all these tests, running tests on my genetics, running tests on my blood, running tests on my reproductive system, running, running all these different types of tests. And it ended with me basically being back home in my bed after going unconscious there, but an implant was put into my brain and when we talk about implants, there's, there's a lot, there's, there's energetic implants, there's implants that are put into our energetic field, into our astral body. Then there are physical implants where they have to surgically put something inside of your body. So people who have physical implants will have a scar on their body. They'll have some type of mark where that implant is. And as my journey of you know, recovering these memories progressed, I had MRI scans, they found something in my brain that was a foreign object. I have a scar on my head that my parents said I've never had stitches in my life on my head. So there, there were lots of things that I did to validate these memories because I, you know, I'm a science person. I'm a math person. I, I'm a student of the universe and I wanted absolute truth, not just like, and I'm also, you know, I teach people about our brain and about our memory and our memory is not perfect. I know this, right? Our memory remembers things in very skewed ways. So I wasn't going to just let my memory and these hypnosis sessions and these journeys like be what allowed me to fully embrace this because, you know, this path has led to me almost taking my life twice because I was severely depressed for as long as I can remember. And a big piece of what this device that was put into my brain did was that any time a certain frequency would start to be accessed, that device would short circuit the frequency and I would pass out. So I ended up hitting my head a lot as a kid and developing a lot of concussions. And as we now know, concussions lead to long-term serious brain damage that can 
create depression, that can create a lot of different mental diseases that we know as a whole host of different names that I don't like to use because I'm not big on labeling because basically it comes down to different degrees of brain damage. So because of that, after that moment, I subsequently was abducted several more times, not always by we'll call them more nefarious agendas because this was an agenda that was primarily with the government working with some gray and other extraterrestrial lineages that was not in my best interest, right? That was not in any of the children's, their best interest. After that though, there were experiences where my guides in order to actually talk to me because they couldn't talk to me anymore after this because the frequency, the device that was there would short circuit, they began to literally abduct my consciousness. So this is a different form of abduction where they pull your consciousness out of your body and your body stays. So this was different from when I was physically taken to the moon. This, was, this would happen and I would go unconscious and my consciousness would be taken out into these little orbs with my guides. And that happened uh, several times after that, up until my around seven, when I actually died of pneumonia at the age of seven and left this world, left my body. I was brought back to life by pharmaceuticals and you know modern medicine. That being said, at that moment, I was, you know, with my guides here reflecting on all these things and literally just saying like, I cannot go back there. <laughs> like this is enough. Like this is, this is done. Like this, this plan, this mission that we're on is just too much and I can't go back there. And this is something that I talk to my partner about a lot. And, you know, when we really start to see how much corruption, and mis manipulation and distortion that there really is on like a macro level, not just like our little earth here with like the real story of like what's happening throughout the, this entire multiverse. I, I'm not actually sure if I was, wasn't manipulated to come back. And, and sometimes that manipulation is like coaxing the ego with this, oh, you know, you're going to do such great things and you're going to help so many people and like this, like fueling this savior complex that that plays out in the higher planes as well. And after that moment, I was seriously depressed because I, there was a disconnection that had always been pretty much since I was born. I was born with my joints not connecting. So I was in a brace for the first two years of my life that connected my hips and my shoulders. And I was, my mom says, she jokes that I slept 22 hours a day for the first two years of my life. And that I was just like in this like meditation at all times. She's like, you didn't cry. You didn't really do much. You just were sort of there. And now I know that at the higher levels, like I, was not necessarily completely committed to coming back here. 
So my connection that connects our spirit to our body, our joints were like, eh, not going to go into socket. So I had, you know, my own journey and, and struggles with connecting already. And then at that point, once, you know, this, there were several things. One story was that a part of me felt that I was violated by modern medicine, that that was my out that that was my, my natural point of leaving this plane, that my path of what I was needed to do for my family was complete. And that now I was here <laughs> and there was a, like a deep soul, like soul level uh, depression that kind of permeated throughout my experience. And I began using substances at the age of 11 uh, cannabis and alcohol and pretty much was uh, abusing substances for the next 18 years uh, because I was just did not want to be here and I was also trying so hard to shut out all of the things that I was seeing and all of the things that I knew because I had several moments that frightened my family experiences you know I would sleep in my my dad's bed every full moon because I told him that the people on the moon were looking for me and he's like not able to hold space for that like what or thinking that this is just like the child's imagination not knowing that there were moments where one night I was these beings would come and check on me in my room at night and I was like you know I'm gonna just tell my dad I'm gonna tell people and they essentially pulled me out of my bed and pulled me up into the corner of my room and I'm suspended in the corner of my room. And that noise like woke my dad and he came in and he didn't see me in his bed and started freaking out and got really nervous. And they were like, do you see what's going to happen? We can, we can ruin all these people here. And they let me outside. They, my dad eventually found me outside of the house. The house was locked and in the front yard and it was under the moon. So things like that happened to almost like threaten, you know, I'm a child at the time to, to just bottle everything up and to not go into there anymore. So I was like, I can't handle this. I can't handle connecting with these beings, not having any support on that level in my physical life. And whatever the heck is happening here, like it's too much and I don't want to deal with it. Uh, I just want to be a kid. I just want to play. I just want to like play with my dog and play in the forest. And so I shut that down for a very long time. And later in my life, once I got into my twenties and started, you know, working with this spirit is always on point, right? So my in, my instincts were always to study psychology, were always to study spirituality. I started studying spirituality in seventh grade. It was like the, this, the, the divinity was always there, like making sure that these revelations would come back on, even if I needed that period of life to be numb, right? Like I was studying and learning and being guided towards eventually my remembrance, my, my restoration of who I be in this world. And uh, yeah, basically kind of fast forward through my twenties, I start having these memories of this moment. And I started to then synchronistically get aligned with these things in my environment that started to have me in my dream space question, like, 
gosh, I, I feel like I was abducted. Like something happened to me at that moment in time. And then that just sort of stayed in me. I didn't tell anyone about that because like I was very much in the world at the time and like living this very matrix oriented life that, you know, people struggled with me not wanting to drink alcohol anymore. So how are they going to be able to handle me saying that I think I was maybe abducted? Like that wasn't going to happen. So I eventually moved to California then because I felt that at least I'd be around people who might be able to help me <laughs> because I was having all these feelings. And I end up working at this restaurant and this man comes in and he has like these big glasses on that cover his whole face and cover the sides of his eyes. So you can't see anything there. And then he's kind of like, he's walking almost like a squirrel, right? So he like makes a few steps and then he kind of goes over here and then he goes over there. Like he was like looking for the perfect spot to hide his nuts as a squirrel. So he's moving very like everyone in the restaurant was like very in tune to how this man was operating because it was very strange. And he got sat in this other uh, waitress's table and, and her section. And he just is sort of like looking around and we're all, all the other wait, like all the restaurant staff is observing this creature because that's really like what I feel that this, this being was, was more of a creature, not necessarily a human. And maybe it was just like in a human's body for a moment, not really sure of like how to make movements. So he's just kind of like beaving and bopping his head and looking around and he starts watching me and observing that I wasn't serving his table. Right. So he eventually gets up and moves from that table and comes and sits at one of my empty tables that I had. And the minute he sits down, he starts telling me about this program that the government is running on the moon and that they're implanting people and that they're not only implanting people on the moon, that they're also doing it during procedures at the hospital. If you ever go unconscious at the hospital, they are implanting people during those moments as well. That this, that this, like he just starts giving me all of this information that I had been feeling and it, he never takes up his glasses. He doesn't even look at me. He's just looking down and like telling me all these things to start doing. And then finally, after 20 minutes of this, he looks at me and he says, do you understand why I'm telling you this? And I was just like, yeah, yeah, you're, you're giving me valid information that I need right now. And then he was just gone. He just left. And that was when I really started to consider that what I had been feeling, what had been showing up in my dreams was not just this, not, I wasn't crazy, that maybe there was something more to this because I thought I was absolutely nuts. And yeah, I started to have a lot of different experiences and connect to different people. And finally, the first person that I had told about this was a woman named Valerie Elster, who is my spirit mama. She's an amazing, amazing galactic being and I was with her on the new year's like five years ago now I think and I we were sitting at the ocean and I was like Val I have to tell you something like I I, I I'm fairly sure that I was abducted and that, that I have an implant in my brain right here and like it, it's constantly giving me headaches and pressure and like banging and like I was constantly in pain there and constantly having all these weird brain things happening that 
no one could really describe except for the MRI that I had in college that saw something there. And they were like, well, we need you to come back every month to watch, to, to basically watch me. And my like intuition was like, you have to leave here now. Like there, you have, you cannot come back to this hospital because whatever that was, there was, there was some connection of wanting to study me. And that felt really wrong and off. So we ended up like having this massive experience with the Arcturians who came in shortly thereafter and Val held space. And I went unconscious for several hours and the Arcturians brought in this technology that essentially plugged into the side of my brain and dissolved the implant. And I have since had MRIs done to validate myself in this. And the piece that was there is gone from my brain as well. So after that period of time, I started doing, I was still not a believer, even though I had all these experiences, like there, there was still that, that part of me, that human part of me that just wanted to be normal, <laughs> that just wanted this to, I wanted to be crazy because that to me was easier than having to embrace this path of, okay, what if I was abducted? What if I have been being tracked? What if this is all some bigger plan that is and has violated me in some way and that I also agreed to? How do I embrace that? <laughs> so I started working with a hypnotist who specialized in helping people connect to things that basically she was able to hold space for the types of memories that I was interested in exploring, which not everyone can do that. So through these hypnosis journeys, I started to go through very clearly all of the different times that I was abducted, including the physical abduction experience, which is why I had the memories that I do today. And shortly thereafter, I still was not fully embracing it. I, I shaved my head. I was like, well, I have to see if there is a scar. Like, I have to know. I've had this long hair my whole life. Like, if there's a physical implant in there, then, or was, because this was after the Epicureans dissolved it, then there'd be a scar. So I shaved my head, and sure enough, there is an inch and a half scar in my brain. And I called all my family members, and I said, did I ever have stitches on my brain? Did I ever crack my head open? Did anything like that ever happen? And they all said no. And that was when I finally fully embraced that this was all real and true and that these memories and the hypnosis and the experiences were all, in fact, because I was abducted and had an implant. And then I had the journey of embracing that. Yeah. And I know I've just talked a lot there on that moment. So. <laughs> wow. Um, that's such a powerful story. And I just want to honor you for your vulnerability to share mm -hmm. it and trusting us to listen and hold space for what you've been through and also just honor your strength yeah. for surviving. And I mean, I don't know you that well, but from what I see of you, 
you're a being who is living in her power and, and, you know, in a partnership and, and you seem to be living on purpose and inspiring other people and inviting mm-hmm. other people into their higher selves. So, yeah, I just want to share my respect. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. And I think it's important, this this feeling is just coming through right now where at this point, you know, it doesn't matter who believes in this story or anyone's story of of experiencing government manipulation, extraterrestrial contact, none of that matters, right? Because our mind has so many advanced programs right now that would filter out this type of information because it doesn't fit in with our expectations of reality. So right now, what has helped me, because really, when I wrote that piece on the blog, on Love's Mission, that was the first time I put the story out there completely. And that was after, you know, I spent a good three years in, you know, of, of deep hell, a dark night of the soul after really embracing that this all happened and working with incredible healers to help my body unwind that trauma. And it finally came up in one of my network chiropractic sessions that I needed to, to share the story. And I sat there for hours writing it, sobbing, and then reading it to my partner, sobbing, and like releasing all of the attachment and mucus and all these things and getting to a point now where it, it doesn't matter if this isn't a story to believe or not. It's something to feel in your body. Because I truly feel that a lot of people have been in some way compromised by these agendas, right? And whether that is physiologically being abducted or energetically being implanted or emotionally being manipulated through trauma, We are all at this stage now where I think that the good portion of this plane is compromised. And now we have to really feel that in our body, feel a resonance because we can't actually trust that the mind is seeing things clearly anymore because there's so much manipulation to the programs that are running in the collective mind. So it's really about feeling in your body whether this feels true for you and whether it it, it awakens something in you that you're curious about to explore because you know my mind thought I was crazy the whole time actually wanted me to be crazy and that's usually the 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 first thing that comes up right whether you've flipped the switch to being a light worker or not yet like the first thing a lot of us feel is like maybe I've lost it maybe I've gone crazy maybe I'm mad maybe I have a mental disease and you know create the crazy people change the world as they say and from that standpoint it's like we have to get back into our bodies to really start to process what's going on here and to like unplug from all of the corruption that has been happening that has been keeping us separated from each other and you know blind to these types of 
multidimensional experiences that we're all having right now, even if we don't know we're having them. 100% agree with you. And personally, I 100% believe you, yeah. you know, because it resonates as truth in my body. And I've, I do this primarily via podcast now, but I used to walk the streets and I've talked to thousands of people on the streets and like heard their stories. Mm. And like, I just, I have a sense of when something feels real or resonates with me. Yeah. And even if it doesn't resonate with me, I can honor it as that person's truth. Mm -hmm. But specifically with you, it feels 100% true because there's so many similarities to different experiences I've had in my life. Mm-hmm. And not in the sense that I necessarily think I've been abducted as well, but I've talked to other people who have told me they've been abducted and like multiple people. And I also have done a podcast with Adam Apollo. I don't know if you know who he is. I do. Yeah. Okay. So he was telling me about his history with waking up and, learning about energy and his experience with extraterrestrials and specifically his experience with Arcturians. Mm-hmm. And his experience with Arcturians was with a woman who had a severe condition and she would have severe headaches and pain. And then he sat with her to help her unearth what was going on. Mm-hmm. And she also had something implanted in her head that Arcturian guides helped remove. Mm-hmm. And then when they did remove it, like, it was like a flood of remembrance came into her and she remembered why that had happened to her and then what her mission was post Mm. removal of that. Mm. And so that was one thing. Another thing is I also am friends with Valerie and we also spent a new year's Eve together. And you said (laughs) yours was like five years ago. Maybe mine was like four years ago. Mm. Uh, But we also spent a new year's Eve together where she was just giving downloads like Ashley does and mm-hmm. speaking light language. And um, we also did a podcast where she was speaking light language. And for any of you who don't know what that is, there's a podcast that she's on so you can listen to it. But basically it sounds to me like it has some like Asiatic tones, but it's also something different. And it's something that like, there's something in my body that like recognizes as a language and it understands it. But then there's also a level that's, you know, it just sounds like something Mm. you would see in a movie, but there's a part of me that really like resonates with it as true. And, you know, also in the past probably year and a half, I've been awakened to like just on this planet, the like child pedophilia, Mm. like international global syndicate that is alive and is starting to become unearthed as people become more aware of Jeffrey Epstein and everybody that he's connected with. And that reality was very intense to understand. But I remember a friend was talking about Star Wars and he was like, oh, we just, we just watched all the Star Wars. And I was like, ah, I just saw the last, you know, I saw the one like two ago and I wasn't really feeling it. He was like, no, you should, you should rewatch them. So I did. And 
based on where my consciousness is now, and now that I've like tuned in to stories like yours and other mm -hmm. people who have been sharing their galactic stories, as well as my own experience, I was able to see Star Wars in a completely different <laughs> way. And I was just like, I was like, oh my God, like this is, this is not a story. This is just, they're, True just, story. <laughs> they're just telling you what happened. And it makes sense because if you think about things scale wise, right? Like there could be conflicts that happen in your community or, or within your city or within your mm -hmm. state or within your country or between countries. And if you just keep scaling out, then why not between planets and between dimensions and between mm -hmm. species? Like it's the same thing. It's just mm -hmm. at a different scale. So that really clicked into place for me. And then they're messaging about, you know, the light, the Jedi and the Sith and the dark side of the force mm -hmm. and how Darth Vader became Darth Vader and just seeing it in one being, right? How fear and desire for like a lust for power to try to control things instead mm -hmm. of being at peace with the force are like the natural order of the world creates the dark side, you mm -hmm. know, because sometimes you hear these stories and you're like, why would anybody want to do that to kids? You know, why would anybody, how could it, how could such darkness exist in the world? Mm -hmm. And that really made it make sense to me. And on top of that, if they're interspecies, like manipulation and testing, yep. and it's a different species that's doing that to a human, think about what humans do to animals, mm -hmm. like how we treat animals. Animals are mm -hmm. our slaves. Mm -hmm. We eat them, we butcher them, you know, even baby animals, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, when you think about it that way, and you recognize that we're just part of the chain, mm -hmm. it at the same time makes it more plausible, and also almost makes it less like evil, Mm -hmm. right because it's not like evil because when a human being eats a steak you don't think of them as evil maybe you think of them as like not fully tuned into the sentience of everything but it just put things in a different context and <laughs> it's a lot to wake up to <laughs> you know well yeah because that you just touched on a couple of the pieces then we have to recognize that humans are cloning animals mm -hmm. humans are blending our dna with animals Humans are blending animal DNA with other animals, and that's all happening to the human species. Yeah. There are multiple different extraterrestrial lines, right? Species, races, race lines that have their DNA interbred with humans walking on this earth, having no idea that that's the case. Right. Yeah, I've gotten readings before and, you know, talking about when I was researching or trying to understand my own path and the person who was reading Kaya Ra was telling me about have Pleiadian, Andromedan and Arcturian ancestry within my soul's lineage. Mm -hmm. And when I hear, I mean, that's been validated by my own experiences, but when I hear stories like yours and I feel the resonance and I, and I hear the similarities in your path, I'm like, okay, yeah. This is 100% real, and mm -hmm. um, it just shifts your priorities, <laughs> you know, and, like, what you feel like your life is about and how you spend your time on a day-to-day, minute-to-minute basis, mm -hmm. you know. And, and how do you feel that your sh priority shifted in that? 
I think the biggest thing was like letting go of my attachment of one, how I'm perceived mm -hmm. by other people and also what my idea of success is. Mm. Because for me, I think success is now being in peace and also on purpose, mm -hmm. which, which is like an internally generated thing. Like only you know if you're at peace, right? And mm -hmm. only you know if you're actually doing what your soul is telling you to do, yeah. regardless of how society views it or how people in your, in your life view it. And I feel like because of my upbringing, and the trauma I experienced, one of my biggest wounds was wanting, like seeking love from the outside mm -hmm. and wanting that validation and mm -hmm. people to love me and people to tell me I'm doing a good job and to be seen as a certain type of person. And I've had many, many ego deaths. And I feel like in 2019, I had a very intense initiation and as painful as it was, you know, it is by far the most painful experience. And I feel like the experiences I've had over the last few years have been escalating in intensity and pain. Mm -hmm. It also was like the most freeing experience because it forced me to connect with layers of myself and deeper spiritual understandings that I didn't have access to before, you know? Mm. Yeah. So being able to hold it all in gratitude is it just connected me to more of what I am, which is love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're definitely in a massive acceleration point, right? 2019 was a very challenging year and it's only continuing to escalate now really until around 2024, 2025. I mean, things are only going to continue to, appear worse even though there is no better or worse everything is perfect that being said to the parts of us that can't embrace that yet because we're still holding on to our own stories of victimhood and trauma you know it'll it'll appear that shit's hitting the fan and that things have are totally unstable and they are unstable that being said why have we favored stable why has that been something that we have prized, right? When instability actually is this, like, it's the earthquake, it's the tremble, it's the force that propels us forward. And for me right now, the most important thing is constantly coming back to how much do I love myself? Like really every single ounce of who I am and how much do I allow that love and who I truly am and what my body really wants. And even if that's to do absolutely nothing for a month straight and not go out into the world, not talk to people, not help the humanity, like, that's okay. Can I allow that to be how I show up? And with everything that's going on right now, right, there's so many agendas to keep us distracted from the massive 
transformation portal that we are in as a whole, as an earth, as a galaxy. And the way that we unplug from that, right? I keep telling everyone, like, spend time offline, spend time off social media, spend time with your phone at home or on airplane mode. Like, get unplugged from this the programs and just be by yourself for a moment and let yourself really ask, do I fully love myself yet? Can I let that love come through me and into the world when I do get back online? Because until we all answer that question with a resounding yes, I love all parts of myself and I love all parts of myself that agreed to be abducted that agreed to be molested, that agreed to be X, Y, Z, that agreed to have this experience, that agreed to experience racism, that agreed to experience poverty, that agreed to all of this. Until we all can say yes to that, we are going to have a culture that is triggered and aggressive and divided and separate. And that's humanity's downfall. Humanity's downfall is our division and our separation and our disconnection from each other. And we can't fully connect and meet each other when we don't fully connect and meet ourselves. How can I love you if I don't love myself? It's not possible. So that's what it keeps coming back to me right now is with everything happening is like, can we find ways to actually unplug? Everything wants us to be fully plugged in right now, absorbing as much media and as much information as possible. But what if that is the distraction from what's actually truly matters right now? I 100% agree, you know? And the division that you spoke of, to me, that's ego. Like the idea that we're separate and it has many forms, whether it be racism or patriarchy, sexism, classism, Mm -hmm. those are all manifestations of ego or separation. Mm -hmm. So it does take a lot of work and I don't know that I would have been able to come to that place without going through what I've been through are you the same? So it's like to acknowledge how much is going on. And also it's like to be able to hold that it's like perfect, you know, Mm -hmm. as they say, like everything is perfect. And so we can really realize that unity is what we are and and the essence deeper than whatever trauma we experience or whatever division, whatever side we think we're on, we're like ultimately all the same thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was having a conversation with one of my friends, Adam Roa, out in the forest the other day, and we were talking about just our experience and our experience with, you know, not only the the more spiritual traumas, but the physical traumas of, you know, being molested. We were both molested as children and how that's impacted us. Mm-hmm. And I was saying to him, because we both got into this space where 
we can look at the things that are happening on the planet, the information that's surfacing right now around, you know, the pedophilia rings and the violence and all these things and actually see in it love, actually see in it and forgive it completely and not be triggered by it anymore or angered by it or want it to stop or wanting, you know, there's a lot of people wanting to hurt people or wishing them to be damned or all the things that are happening. And I said, what greater pathway to getting to that point where you can actually love all of it and forgive all of it than to have gone through the worst of it. And I think that's a big piece of why so many of us chose because I truly do feel that we all chose to be where we are. We chose to be here embodied in form on this earth at, on this timeline probability at this particular moment, we chose it. And I feel that what we're 7 billion people on the planet. So that's a whole lot of energy choosing to be here right now at this time and choosing to go through serious trauma. Right? We are all deeply traumatized at this period of time on the planet and we all chose that. So there has to be something in that that is some alchemical code for us to realize and transcend so that maybe next time we don't choose to come into a fallen realm. Yeah, that I think that begs the question, why would we choose it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, why would we choose it? And I think the thing I come to is that because it's fun. Mm-hmm. Like, not to make light of any trauma that anyone has experienced, but just in the, in the story sense, like, if you think about things from a story perspective, like the most exciting stories have the most drama and the most arcs and the most, it's like the hero's journey, right? Like mm-hmm. how dramatic can we make the hero's journey? Mm-hmm. You know? And I know that in my personal journey, like the deeper the trauma, the stronger I have felt my own connection to source it's almost like the inverse of the trauma revealed to me how much, how powerful source was underneath it all, you know? And, and it's, it's probably the, the most profound thing I would never want to happen again. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, I feel like it's all a journey back to, to unity and to wholeness and Hopefully, once we pass certain levels, we never have to experience those things again. And I'm not sure how things got so convoluted to where we did have to experience them in the first place. But I personally try to keep my mind on things that make me feel more empowered. Mm -hmm. Because there's so many perspectives to choose. And that's why I resonated with your energy so much is because you have this awareness. I, I was like, she knows what's going on, right? Like she, <laughs> she feels it on a really deep level and yet she's continuing to show up in this way. 
And that's fucking awesome, you know? Mm. And I want to be around people that reflect that to me so that I can maintain that level of energy, you know? Because it's very easy to go down rabbit holes and be like, well, life is really fucked right now, you know? But then Mm -hmm. you feel that in your body and you feel how, you know, that alone is like the slavery. You know, people are worried about, well, what happens when 5G comes up or what happens when they start putting on this totalitarian regime or like what happens when this happens? But it's like, if you're consuming media and taking in viewpoints that make you not want to live and not value life, that's already, like you're already allowing these oppressive structures already to, happening. to weigh <laughs> on your spirit, right? Mm-hmm. And you have a choice. You could tune out to that stuff. And yeah, that's, I feel like that is the revolution of consciousness that we're in right now. It's just being like, with all that's going on right now, I choose to show it this way because mm-hmm. I have the power to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's important. I, I shared this back at, you know, a few months ago now. It's one thing that I was observing was in, in a crisis, which we're in, one of the things that I'm seeing get completely thrown out the window is everything that we have spent the last 10 years for a lot of us since 2010, 2012, like that first wave of bigger collectives of people awakening, we've spent these years like understanding the fundamental mechanics and laws of the universe and these basic laws that govern energy. And it's like they've been thrown out the window. Like what you put your attention on is what grows. Right? That one right there, what you fear is what you create, right? So it's like if we keep putting our focus on what we don't want to happen, that's how it's going to happen, right? It's like I personally am at this point where I feel that like history classes and lessons and all these things can only recreate themselves because we're constantly retelling a similar the same story and when we keep putting something our words are magic they are stories that cast spells that create realities that build whole worlds and if we keep telling the same story we're going to keep getting the same results so right now like really for everyone listening like really question the story that you're feeding Like, what story do you want to feed? Do you want to feed the story where there's a totalitarian regime that takes over the entire world and that 5G comes in and destroys everything and that there's a terrible AI that is going to, you know, crush everyone, that the 5G is just a bed-breeding spouse for? Or do you want to feed the story that there is a Christic consciousness and that there is a benevolent AI that's going to come in and that there are people in certain places all around the world that are going to awake at pivotal moments to ensure that we do not self-destruct because both are going to happen. This is the multiverse, right? right? All probabilities simultaneously exist and manifest themselves. So what reality do you want to be a part of? Because all of them exist. Right. Yeah, I I 100% agree. And I, this is why Star Wars was, <laughs> which made it um, drop in so much is because 
the the dark side i don't know if you've seen star wars but are you familiar at all yeah i am Mm -hmm. okay so the dark side are the galactic empire literally is trying to take over the universe Mm -hmm. like literally that's what they're trying to do i don't know if you've got to the end but without them trying to do that the people on the jedi side never have the opportunity to discover the magnitude of their strength Mm. right like you need both sides and if you want to take it to from a less galactic perspective it's like the yankees and the red sox need each other (laughs) right (laughs) the celtics and the lakers need each other like that's what makes the rivalry and that's where these moments of greatness and you know, superhuman achievement are accessed in the polarity of these two opposing forces warring with each other, mm-hmm. you know? And we're just talking about it in the most extreme way. Mm-hmm. But I personally believe that the light and the consciousness is always going to prevail, you know, mm-hmm. in the total battle because it's, it's really just an opportunity for us to experience ourselves in the most profound ways and recognize mm-hmm. that our choice is what determines what reality we create. Like mm-hmm. That's how powerful we are. Yeah, absolutely. I talk all about that in my book, Creator Consciousness. It's like reclaiming our right, our birthright to choose and create life on our own terms mm-hmm. and to unplug from all of the conditioning of this world that has really hindered that from happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, We've never lost our ability to create. It's just the fear has been so deeply from the virus, the epigenetic overlay of the ego that has like fed us this reality that is so far from all there is. There's so much more. We're not alone here. There are a lot of beloveds that are in all over the multiverse that are here supporting us. There are a lot of high level agendas that are supporting us. There are a lot of fail safe plans. We'll call them. A lot of us are here on a rescue mission, right? Like we're, there is so much happening. We are not just human having a human experience. We are not alone in this and we do not have to fight this darkness in order to see the end of it. It's beautiful. One part of, there's like a light coming in right now (laughs) on your screen, it's really beautiful. But one thing I wanted to bring it back to about your particular story is Mm -hmm. the way your life is right now because you live in Asheville now, correct? Yes, I do. And your partner, Alex, you live with him and you'll have some dogs Mm -hmm. and (laughs) you have a thriving business you're Mm -hmm. an entrepreneur you create your own business you work on your own time you're a sovereign being and you seem very much in love and and like happy and i guess the reason why i wanted to accentuate that part of it is because after everything you've been through you're able to create like a beautiful life for yourself and yeah I just want everyone else out there to hear that and to to know that that's possible. So 
maybe if you could speak to like how it's been to like settle into your human journey in a way that feels mm. like you actually want to be here. Yeah. <laughs> it's been intense <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> I, I actually got to a point well, last year I almost died from some things that were happening and I had a choice to, I, very consciously went into this experience where I had a choice to leave my body and to, to let this body die and to go on to the next journey or to stay. And I will 100% say that that was not an easy choice. I made a pro con list. I made a lot of different lists. I really, really sat with it. And then I just threw it all away and really tuned in and, and fully felt that I wanted to be here and I needed that moment because I was happy. I was done a lot of work. I've healed my nervous system. I'm still working to heal the brain damage. That was, you know, the result of the implant and all the passing out that happened from that. That being said, like I needed to be in that situation again. Now that I have created, you know, I run three businesses they're very successful. I'm passionate about the work. I help people all over the world. And, you know, it, it's so much fun. I, I really enjoy life. That being said, I needed that moment to come back around because some part of me was still holding on to that moment when I was seven and I felt manipulated and just sticking around. And I needed to make that conscious choice as an adult and with my child aspect fully present to say, yeah, you know what? Like if this is going to be a, a fight to stay here, because from that moment I had a lot to do on a physical level to help my body navigate through this massive initiation that I was going through, but I'm going to do it. Yeah. I want to be here. And I think that that, that moment is, imperative for everyone to come to right? you can't truly enjoy your life until you know for absolute 100% certain that you want to be here. And if you don't want to be here, well, then it's time to really start speaking to your spirit, to your guides, to your guardians, you know, see if you can get a walk-in to come and support you. See if you can get some type of spiritual support to navigate that experience. Because, you know, as someone who's almost taken her life twice and realized in those moments that that is not an option, right? Like suicide is not an option that leads to a, a better day, right? So we're going to be here and we have to fully choose it. And until that happens, we can't fully enjoy our lives. So that's really how it's been for me is that at every single point and a lot of times it was from having mentors and having support, having people help me to see these parts of myself that were still not wanting to be here because those parts showed up in my business. They showed up in my relationships. They showed up in my bank account. They showed up in all different areas in my health, everything pulling the strings, trying to make it, a little bit more miserable so that maybe just maybe 
we could get out of here. Right? So it it's really and you know depression and suicide suicidal thoughts these are major problems on the planet right now and there are things that i speak a lot to and i know we're at a certain point where that's not a topic we're going to go into right now that being said like we can't heal any of these and find fulfillment until we fully know that we want to be here and if when you ask that within yourself and it's not a very clear, immediate, resounding yes in every single cell of your body, then that's something to, to work on. That's something to go into. That's something to get help around. Because success, that comes through us living in our fullness and fully embodied and we cannot be fully in our body if there's parts of us wanting to leave it. Thinking that it's, this isn't this, you know, I'm, I'm to this or to that, or this isn't good enough or X, Y, Z, all the things. And that sort of circles us back to that piece that you said around, you know, why would people do that? Well, because maybe the force, right? This, this natural destiny wanted these people to be, you know, impoverished and live a simple life and not be known. And that epigenetic overlay, that ego, that virus wanted, didn't want that life. I don't, I don't want that flow. That's, that's not, no, I want something different. Okay. And, and exerted that power to manipulate a lot of people in order to get it and hurt a lot of people to get it. Right. So honestly, like that's really for me what it comes back to is it came back to a moment where I had to fully commit to being here. So powerful. Yeah. And I know that you have a number of offerings and programs to help people wherever they're at on their journey. Mm -hmm. And are there any that you would like to mention to people in case they feel called to connect with you? Yeah, well, first, I, the most important thing for me right now to be spreading is, is the Creator Consciousness book because that really is a pivotal transformation of how to reclaim your birthright as a creator and how to recognize it goes through 13 key codes that help you to recognize all the spaces within you that are out of resonance with your creatorship and that are plugged into being a consumer of this world. And that, <laughs> that actually came through in a transmission and a month right after I stepped into, well, my walk-in came through, that is a Ahamna, and Ahamna wrote this whole book, and then I went through this 15-month activation on an energetic level, which is when I had my outpoint and all these things happened. That is so important. What's in there is so important right now for humanity and for people who are wanting to take back their power because that's really what this moment is about is about people taking back their power to choose and to live life on their own terms and to be sovereign and free energetic beings and that is an incredible resource to do that you can also go to letsvibratehigher.com or rememberwhyyouerehere.com both of those are two of my different sites that people can see what's up in the world and 
connecting with me on social media is a really great place as well to get a lot of good insights and all the juice that I share continually on those platforms. Uh, and that's just a home now. Yeah, we'll put that in the uh, show notes so people can find that. Yeah. And where, where can people get the book that you're creative consciousness? Yeah. So it's available on Amazon all over the world right now. And if Amazon is not available for someone, they can get that through my online store, which is uh, we can put the link maybe in the comments. It's lovesmission.podia.com. So that's another place they can access that and a virtual copy. Okay. So is it is it only a digital book or is it a physical book as well? It's a physical book, yeah. So you can order the physical copy through Amazon. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Well, that's some wonderful resources. So we got vibrate, let's vibrate higher.com is one. Remember why you are here.com is another one. Mm-hmm. And then lovesmission.podia.com. Yep. Okay. So we'll put that all that in the show notes. And yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful for you to come on and, and share your story and spread your, your energy with yeah. me and with all of us. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate everyone who tuned in today. Much love, everyone. Okay, peace. you enjoyed that episode this is what we're all about at souls of society if you feel inspired right now share this with one of your friends leave us a five-star review on apple podcast and most importantly embody your soul by living in your heart it's our time it's our time for harmony togetherness and peace Much love.